Hello and welcome to Messy to Magnetic. My name is Katie Almstrom and I am a money mentor and financial coach for women entrepreneurs. And this is the podcast where you get to follow me and one of my clients behind the scenes during our coaching sessions for six whole months. It is my hope that you're able to take the lessons and transformations in this podcast and apply them to your own business, money, and life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we go from messy to magnetic. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week I am sharing a live stream I did in my group about a month ago called When a Budget Isn't Helpful, Three Ways to Know When Your Budget is Hurting Your Money Goals. And the reason I selected this particular live stream to share is because we've been hearing a little bit coming from Desiree about how she started watching her money more closely and really kind of going all in on a budget and just feeling like it was working against her um, and it wasn't really helping her with her money goals or just feeling better about money in general. So this conversation that I had in my group kind of peels away at some of that a little bit in more detail. And I just thought it was a really appropriate conversation to have on the podcast because of that very sort of thing that came up with Desiree. So I hope you enjoy it. And by the way, I'm sorry, I'm so out of breath. I have been sick for the last week. And for whatever reason, I am just having a hard time breathing right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. But that is why I am so out of breath right now. Okay, so before I sign off here, I just want to remind you that my free masterclass, your 2023 money plan, three steps to create more cash, keep more profit, and enjoy more money in 2023 is happening on January 25th. And you do have to register for the workshop because it's going to be in Zoom. I'm really excited to be live and see you face-to-face. We're going to be talking about connecting with your money, directing your money, building your net worth over the course of the year, the mindset hacks and the CEO habits, and everything involved to really make this your best year with money here in 2023. So I hope you'll join me. You can find the link to register in the show notes of this episode. All right, enjoy. Today we're talking about when a budget isn't helpful. Okay, and I'm going to walk through three things to kind of be on the lookout for, things that you might be doing um, when it comes to thinking about how you're spending your money, planning your money. Okay, so just a quick few words about budgets before I get started. If you ask any financial expert about the secret to financial freedom, (laughs) probably 10 out of 10 will say something about having a budget. And I agree, right? But What most of us, what many of us have learned about budgeting is not serving us, not serving our businesses, not serving our financial goals. There are a few very specific mistakes I think women make when it comes to planning their money. And so that's what I'm going to share with you today. So you can really start to make that shift if that is you. Planning your money giving purpose to your money, directing your money, is the expansive and exciting way to think about budgeting. 
So I don't really use the word budget as much. I really like to think about giving purpose to our money. Unfortunately, right, that word budget just has a negative connotation that too many of us want to chew up and spit out. <laughs> so for the sake of all of us creating a financial foundation from which to create total money freedom, right, we need to build that foundation as a springboard, right, towards actual financial freedom. Um, we're going to use the phrase planning our money or directing our money or giving purpose to our money, right? I will use those interchangeably. The first thing that isn't helpful <laughs> when it comes to planning your money, it backfires or it doesn't work. When you cringe to spend on things that matter to you, but that you've told yourself are luxurious or a splurge. Okay, and what is luxurious to one person will not be to someone else, right? This is your perception of something that is luxurious or a splurge. So often, I think when we think about putting together a plan for our money, we think about what we have to do. And again, that, that terminology budget has sort of a restrictive feeling to it for so many people. And so immediately it's, well, the things that go into my money plan or my budget are not enjoyable. <laughs> like it's stuff that needs to be responsible, that takes care of business, that pays the rent or the mortgage or buys food and, and only like the appropriate amount of food. Um, and so that's just really restricting in and of itself, right? is if we think that only certain things belong in a budget, okay? So if we think that it's only about what we have to do, the mature thing, the responsible thing, whatever that means, there's no space for wants or needs outside of those bare bones basics, right? So an example of what this looks like, I had a client who, you know, we, uh, gosh, there's a lot of things I could share about this client, but one thing in particular that stood out is one session. I remember, I'll always remember this. We had this session just because it's such a great example. And I think so many of you can relate to this where we were looking at her spending habits. And I don't do this with every client, but for this client in particular, she was really feeling like I want to know my behaviors. She's she's young. She's you know in her first job. She had a very unique set of circumstances with family and and um, money available to her. And essentially, she was like, I really I, I want to know my habits. I I want to know what I'm doing. I want to have sort of a close look at my spending for the first time. Um, and and so I kind of I, I walked with her through that. And in one of our sessions, she basically uncovered that she had spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on little just like quick trips that weren't part of her plan. Um, and I think we can all relate to this, like something at TJ Maxx, an extra trip to the grocery store, um, uh, like the, the home goods, the targets, like just like little things that amounted to stuff that didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things for her. Okay, so we uncover this, right? We uncover that she's spent hundreds of dollars on these just sort of extra miscellaneous things. And the first thing she says to me is, 
I think I should probably fire my therapist. And this woman had gone through some pretty significant trauma in recent months. And for her, the, the therapist, and, and she went on to say, and I probably shouldn't be working with a personal trainer. And I was probably next on the chopping block, right? So she went to the things that to her felt like a splurge, felt luxurious, felt like they were only there to serve her, to make her feel better, to make her body feel better. They were there to really enhance her quality of life. And instead of identifying material objects that really had no purpose in her life and the hundreds of dollars associated with it, she went to what was probably equal in cost, if not less, the personal trainer, the therapist, right? Um, and said, no, this is the splurge. This is what feels good. This is what is luxurious to me. And so it probably doesn't belong, right? And that has stayed with me for, gosh, it's been over a year since I was working with this particular client. And I just think that's so important. Like stop acting like your therapist is a splurge is kind of the takeaway. And we really want to consider that no matter what our plan for money is, if we are treating the things that matter most, if we're treating the things that really help us feel our best and, and live our best life, whatever that means to you again, and we cringe, we're not willing to actually put it into our plan or we just have a, a, a negative connotation towards it when we want to put resources, put our money towards it, then like, you're not going to want to do anything with your budget. You're not going to want to spend any money happily, joyfully in the plan, right? If those things that matter most to you or that feel best are wrong somehow. All right. The second thing that I see is <clears throat> that we're constantly in accounting mode and not planning mode. So generally this happens when a, a plan, okay, so maybe there's like a planning period, but a plan is made for the year, <laughs> right? So it's December now. Some of you may have made a budget a plan for your money way back in January, 2022. And then you maybe check in to see how it's going after the month is over or at the end of the quarter. How did I do with the plan that I said I wanted for the first quarter or for, for the year? And so we're constantly in accounting mode. Directing takes forethought. Directing your money, giving purpose to your money takes forethought. So, it happens in advance, right? We need to say, all right, for the next 30 days, for the next 60 days, for the next 90 days, this is the recurring revenue I'm going to have available in my business, or this is the income that we're going to have in the household that we are going to make a plan around. What are we doing with that revenue, with that income? What purpose are we giving to that money? All right. And so we're going to essentially say, I'll check in on the journey, right? 
I'll check in at the end of the week and connect back to the purpose that I set forward for this money, for the plan. But we're not going to wait till the end of the month to say, okay, 90 days ago or 30 days ago, I said I wanted to do this. How'd I do? Right? We need to be way more interactive and we need to be way more connected to the plan after that initial forethought takes place, after that initial time telling our money what we want it to do and giving purpose to all of our resources ahead of time. Okay. And again, like there's no perfect um, cadence, I guess, for setting your plan. Ideally, you're doing it every 90 days. Um, at this point, I spend more time probably once a quarter, but I've been doing this for so long that I kind of know what to look for every 30 days. And I like that kind of forethought to say, okay, in the coming few months, here are the things that are happening. It's December. There might be something going on in February that I don't want to wait till February 1st to make a plan for. Okay. So having that sort of longer view gives you a lot better planning power, giving purpose to your money power <laughs> and versus sort of getting up to the month and saying, okay, new month, what do I want to do now? Um, you will make some tweaks and things along the way, but give yourself a little bit more runway, give yourself a little bit more spaciousness so that you can figure out, okay, what's happening in February? And is there something in December or January that I want to do to prepare myself? All right. And then, well, I guess there's one more thing I want to say about that. Um, when you go to create your new plan for, let's say it's January, right? Do your very best to think about what's happening in January. Do your very best to say, what do I want, right? So thinking about that first point, what do I want to put my resources towards? So what feels good, what feels exciting, what's happening this month, right? What do I want to put resources towards this month? And then build that plan around those things versus saying, well, what did we do last January? Or what did I do the last few months? What, you know, and there's, there's some value in saying, what if we spent on groceries for the last few months, added up, divided by three, and there's kind of an average. Sure. But what do you want to spend money on? What do you want your plan? Where do you want purpose for your money to live? And set that out first and then start to, you know, course correct along the way if you need to. But at least let's go into the plan, go into directing your money with that energy of what do I want and what feels amazing and what are we working towards? Okay. And then the third reason or the third way a budget can backfire is because we make individual setbacks in a particular like category of how we spend in one month mean that the whole freaking dream <laughs> of financial freedom is unreasonable or unachievable. So we're running a marathon here, people. Um, I think it's really important. And I heard this example once actually that I think is kind of cool. It's like, just because you have an appliance that maybe doesn't work so well, 
like doesn't mean that the house is no longer livable. So like if you have a lamp that doesn't turn on, like it doesn't mean that the whole house is going to come crashing down, right? We can we can take some uh, energy and concerted effort to fix the lamp, replace the lamp, replace the light bulb. Like maybe there's like something messed up with the electrical. Maybe the little um, you know like the, the cordy thing is stuck or whatever the case is. But like it's a, it's a solvable problem, and it's not something that's going to derail this marathon you are running towards financial freedom. Okay. Um, just last month, actually, I had a client move. Um, she moved like across across the country, and in order to do that, right, she a single parent like had to figure out a lot of flights, getting some support driving with her um, extended family, so flights for them, paying the movers, um, putting down a deposit on her new apartment, like all these different things came up. Paying double, if you've moved apartments, you know, like paying double electric for a month, paying double internet, paying like double rent plus the deposit and not yet getting the deposit back from the last one. So like she had this like pretty intense cash flow challenge or situation for a couple of months. And ultimately the strategy we came up with was she was going to use savings for some parts of it. And she was going to use her credit card and hold on to savings that she could use to then pay it when she, you know, when she kind of got through everything, she was going to use her credit card for a handful of things. And the idea was, right, she wanted to have some cash on hand in case things came up that were unexpected. She didn't want to feel like she was down to the wire without any cash. And so that was the strategy. We mapped it out. We mapped it out weeks and weeks in advance. We knew exactly what she was going to spend on this move. We knew where she was going, you know, we knew she was going to plan on using the credit card for these things, savings on these things. Um, and like it got pretty technical, which was what she wanted. Like she wanted to have a plan, a strategy, have it all mapped out. And what was so cool is that months ago, she would have been so stressed. I'm sorry about my phone, you guys. It keeps making, I'm going to put it down here. Um, months ago, she would have been so stressed out about using her credit card at all or having any kind of a balance on her card. But the thing is like, she's moving closer to a job that just gave her a huge raise and like she's been promoted and there's like a lot of room to grow. Like the long-term plan is working and she feels really good about. So putting a few thousand dollars on her credit card when she's got the cash to pay it off if needed and like creating this really like I, 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 like abundant plan, like it just felt so good to her to do it this way was huge versus if you put something on your credit card and you feel like I can't live without my credit card, therefore I will never be financially free. Like that's when a plan is going to backfire. That's when, you know, if you create a budget, if you create a plan and you use your credit card for something and you're like, well, I'm, that's it for me, right? There's no hope. And I'm being a little, um, uh, what's the word, <laughs> uh, over the top here. That's not the word I'm looking for. Um, I, I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating a little bit here. But 
we've all had those moments. Like, I'm using my credit card again. There's no hope for me, right? But can we step back and look at the big picture and run the marathon and say, it's a minor appliance that's not working this month, or it's just, it's a minor setback, or it's an intentional move that I'm making. How does this affect me feeling good about the long-term plan and creating a plan moving forward that feels good, right? That actually allows you to say, it's fine. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to worry about this thing right now. I'm not going to worry about the lamp not working right now. I'm not going to get it fixed or do like, I'm just not going to use that light right now. It's, it's, it's okay. Like the house is fine. We're going to keep going. Okay. We're going to keep moving. Um, and in the future, anticipating, you know, those little things happening and being able to fill them in quickly, being able to sort of plug the hole or replace the light bulb quickly and not having it set you back at all, really. So the example would be having the savings in place, having the strategy set ahead of time, not making yourself feel wrong for doing something differently than the plan says, because you know that you can reset the plan and you know that you can keep moving forward and you know that whatever the sort of action you're taking now is, is all for the greater good and you're not necessarily just reacting and operating month to month with no plan whatsoever, no course whatsoever for this marathon that you're running. Okay, that was a lot of analogies at the end there, um, but I want to just recap a little bit here. And um, so here we go. Three ways that your budget isn't helping you, right? Number one, you're being mean to yourself <laughs> about the things that feel like a splurge, that are luxurious, that you want to spend money on, okay? So we need to find space for them and be reasonable with ourselves and allow them into the plan like they belong there. Because for a lot of us, a lot of those things, they do, okay? The second is you're in accounting mode constantly, okay? We're always looking back, always looking to see what happened, always looking to see where we messed up, right? Always looking for a little celebration, but it's, it's accounting mode versus what's the strategy, what's coming, what am I doing moving forward, how do I plan for the future, what do I want my money to do next? And lastly, you're making the individual snags in your financial journey, the little mistakes that happen, the little things that feel like uh, you know, three steps back, we're making those make the whole dream feel impossible, okay? So take one of those, right? If anyone in particular resonates with you more than the others and look at that and think about how you can incorporate it going into 2023 and in January. Thank you for listening to Messy to Magnetic. I am so grateful for you being here. Please let me know how you liked the podcast by leaving a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a coaching session away to as a big thank you. Please share this podcast with a woman entrepreneur in your life who would love it. See you next week.